knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Dave and Joe in the studio here in South Florida once again. Another edition of Poker Action Line. Thanks for being with us and uh, look forward to our guest tonight. Bernard Lee joins us, as I've been uh, mentioning over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Joe, we are uh, mere neophytes in the business with seven years here on this program compared to Bernard, who is celebrating his 10th anniversary this year. But uh, I tell you what, we're proud of seven years. I can imagine... uh, and understand why he's putting together such a celebration for 10. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. He, and, and the great guests that he's had on. Yeah, well, we're a poker, we're obviously a poker guest-driven show, and so is Bernard, and he has access to probably uh, more of these people that he can call probably right off his uh, cell phone address book, i tell you what. <laughs> I would imagine so, with, with, with all the years and everything that Bernard's done over the years in, in the industry. Well, we'll get to Bernard in just a second, and uh, the major news this week is really uh, the new... Uh, concept of uh, November 9 or lack of concept uh, because they've had the November 9 for many, many years and have decided to do away with that. There's been talk over the last few years that some people uh, were not happy with having to wait three months to come back. Uh, There was a very positive uh, promotional aspect to that. But, uh, you know, I think it, it kind of ran its course, and people uh, did, just didn't want it anymore. Really. Well, let me tell you, when it first happened, I didn't think, I, you know, as a poker player, I think if you're in the zone and, and you're, you know, you're fine, it, it's got to be real tough to take off three and a half months before you come back to finish that final table. But uh, as you mentioned, from a pro- promotional standpoint, I thought it was great, and I actually gotten used to doing that. And, I, you know, I, the players actually get a chance to kind of – you know, uh, study their opponents that they're going to have at that final table and, and get all their friends together to kind of, you know, show off how which styles and everything else. And I, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy it now waiting that time frame. Well, one of the things I'm very happy about is that uh, ESPN still will be involved. There was discussion last year. I remember Mo Nuaro wrote an article in the beginning of the year and, and wondered if uh, ESPN was actually – uh, going to still be around because they had renewed the contract, I believe, in 2009, and it ran out last year, and there was talk whether uh, they were going to carry stuff again. Of course, Poker Central is emerged on the scene, and they're going to do a lot of stuff, but ESPN and ESPN2 will be carrying a lot of live events coverage, which we'll get together uh, with Bernard and talk about in just a moment because he's obviously had his uh, years where he was with ESPN for, for a good bit of time. And so let's bring him in. Let's start off. Uh, Bernard, thank you. First of all, congratulations on uh, 10 years, uh, true accomplishment uh, in this business. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on again, guys. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the news this week about uh, uh, that ESPN will be back and that uh, that the November 9 will not be back. Uh, what, do you, what were your thoughts? I mean, I remember you, you had your big run in the main event in 2005, uh, the year right. Joe Hashem won, and uh, you uh, certainly uh, have your first-hand knowledge of uh, what people thought about the November 9. What were your thoughts? I I would say that when it first happened, I understood why they were doing it. I wasn't really 100% sure if it was um, you know the right thing for poker, but I liked the idea, um, and I'm going to tell you why. Because uh, first and foremost, I'm a poker fan, um, and I think that that's kind of why I've been in this industry on the media side for so long, you know, whether writing for ESPN or having my radio show or writing for card player or whatever it might be. I think that's why I can relate to the audience because I, I not only look at it from a professional player side, but I also look at it from a fan side. 2003 with Moneymaker, I mean, I was glued to the TV. Mm-hmm. I even have the D, the DVD um, and so for me, I'm still a fan. And so when I made my run in 2005, I remembered six, seven people flew out right before the final 27 to watch it. And there was no time at all for it to happen. We finished at something like 11 o'clock at night, uh, Vegas time. And you remember, it's 2.30 on East Coast time, and right. people have to jump on a 6, 7 o'clock flight to go. So they were all sitting there, pins and needles. Is he going to make it? Is he not? They're all ready and packed to go. 
Some of them had gone to bed. And they were like, we'll wake up at 6. If he made it, we'll jump on the flight. So, you know, that's kind of a tough thing if you want a gr group of people there. So I understood. I think the, the other thing about when November 9 started is when, when you were doing this in 2006 and 2007, I, I have to say I'm one of them. I stopped watching when it came on because I already knew that Jerry Yang won. I followed it so closely on TV that I, I knew that that happened. So right. what, what did it matter whether he won or not? And so knowing that and following it so closely, I wasn't paying attention. And I think the concept of 2008 of really not, you know, who won, but who will win makes a big difference. Um, and, and for you to follow those nine players and, and on TV, it was a little bit more exciting because you could watch like, Oh, wow, Scott Montgomery made it to the final nine. How in the world does he get out of this hand with Paul Snead? And, yeah, you know, right, right. so now you got to see some of those dynamics um, uh, play out. So I think it was a great idea. I think the promotion, fortunately, because of, um, uh, you, you know, Black Friday, the opportunities for promotion were less than what they could have been over the last several Absolutely, years. I yeah. mean, you could, yeah. you know, obviously it was huge at the beginning, right? They were literally competing and they literally had to put into the, 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 the outlining of the rules that a, a site could only have three players. I mean, that's how crazy it was back then, right. but yeah. you know, it is what it is now. Um, so with this new, with this new format, it'll change my world because I used to write all the profiles of all the November Niners. I think I wrote six or seven of them last year. Plus so, had all those guys on your show in the interim period in between uh, July yeah, and uh, November. I, I will tell you, it, it helped put three months of uh, radio on the show real easy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, usually, I usually tape them all within a month, and I just had them all in the can, and they just ran. So uh, that'll obviously change a little bit. But beyond that, um, with the format that they have this year, they still do have two days off, right? So they're going to have a couple of days off in the interim, July 18th and July 19th, which will allow people to uh, prepare, allow people to bring in their their gang if they need to, um, and then, you know, go right into it. So it's a different way of, of doing it um, uh, with this new programming that they have with ESPN and, and of course, now Poker Central. Uh, we'll be watching more poker on ESPN and, and Poker Central than we have in the past. And, and it's really going to allow people who love to watch poker really see what it's like. I think one of the things that was, I wouldn't say disappointing, but different was that the World Series main event, you didn't really see much of the beginning coverage. Yeah, you really, exactly. It just yeah. went right into basically the money. Yeah. And yeah, that is the exciting stuff, but there were always interesting hands at the beginning that... And, and industry stories from people who aren't going to be around past day one. Exactly, exactly. So I think that that will, uh, you know, potentially... I'd be very curious to see if they will have some features during that time period, because I would assume that a lot of these are going to be somewhat live. So live, you know, remember back in the day when Ben Lamb made it to the final um, and P.S. Hines won, they were doing the coverage over the last two or three days, hours upon hours. So it's going to be similar to that kind of scenario. So it'll be interesting to see what they do feature-wise and, and, and the like. So I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to see what we're going to do on ESPN, the writing side of it, to, to change it up a little bit. I know that we have some ideas going on right now, and so it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I can remember that one of the early opponents, uh, not proponent, but opponent of the, the November 9 was Elon Schwartz and was yep. very outspoken about it. Uh, my question to you really is someone who's been there pretty deep in the event and, uh, and uh, deep in many events uh, throughout your career, but uh, what is the true meaning of such a big, long break before you come back? I mean, obviously, you're running deep, you're doing pretty well, your confidence is high. And everything changes. I mean, uh, people have time to practice and try different things. Uh, what's the effect on the game itself? Well, it it definitely changes the game, right? Because you can have somebody prepare for that. Heaven forbid someone actually can make it too, right? I mean, we, we talked about that during the first one of the first conference calls. What happens if somebody gets sick? What happens if somebody, God forbid, passes away? I mean, what happens if that happens? It, it, something weird could happen in the world. Thank God it never, that situation never did. But 
those weird scenarios could happen. Um, I think a, a really good example is Neil Blumenfeld. He really prepared for it and changed his game a lot to go into it. Um, but the one thing you have to understand is everyone knew this going in. It's not like you played this whole thing out, got to the final nine, and then said, oh, you know what? We're going to take three months off, guys. You know, you're not shy. You knew this going in that this could be a possibility. So knowing that, you have to prepare for that and you have to accept it as you go in. It's just like any tournament. Oh, look, you're going to take a rest and you're going to play the final table tomorrow. Well, that changes the dynamics too, right? I mean, I would right, love to right. play every tournament straight through the night because I know that I can stay up all night and I can keep my focus. Whereas I know that there are players that can't. You know, there was one time at Foxwoods where we got down to the final nine. We were technically supposed to play the next day, but it was only about 12.30, 1 o'clock. And a lot of people, this was a 2K event, I think, and a lot of people wanted to play the 5K the next day. About six of us at the final table wanted to play the 5K. So the management said, if you guys want to play this thing out, you can play it out. But everyone has to agree, because it does say in the bylines that you would play the next day after a certain time. Well, one person said no. Now, I don't want to stop. I want to keep going. Obviously, that one person's chance of making it is slim to none because they're already tired. Right, absolutely. So so I'm, I'm not saying that that's similar, you know, it, it relates exactly to the November 9. But my point is, is that every tournament changes. You know, way back a decade, 15 years ago, when I first started playing, we didn't have day twos. You played a preliminary event. First of all, you start out with like 2,000 chips. But you played a preliminary event, you were done that day. You never went to the next day. It was a miracle that you went to the next day. So there were there are changes uh, with regards to it. I think the one thing that people were really that di- they didn't want was they didn't want people to come in having a completely different game, and that's I think some of the things that people were, um, you know, talking about of saying that they didn't like that. They didn't want that you got to the final table a certain way. Now you get to change your game up, right? Um, there's usually only one or two people that have tremendous momentum going into that final table, like a Cliff Josephy. You know, um, the, there, there aren't many people. You have to imagine the people who finished seven, eight, nine, and snuck in, or maybe not snuck in, but got into the final table, not with a tremendous amount of chips. I would venture to say that they are happy that they were getting a break. Whether they wanted a three-month break or not, I'm not sure. But there are a lot of people that would be like, oh, Thank goodness I get to rest now after this grueling seven, eight days. Well, he, um, so I, I would, I'll be honest with you. I would love to have had a little bit of a, a, like a day or two break instead of going right into the final table had I had made it. Right. Uh, here's the changes, basically. Uh, they're going to have some live coverage this year, which Bernard touched on briefly, which is going to be great. Uh, really looking forward to that. There was the one year where they did a lot of that, and then they got away from it. Now they're going back to it again. But 40 hours of live main event coverage uh, during the month of July, starting with day 1A on July 8th, uh, through day seven, which is the seventeenth, then there'll be two days off, as Bernard mentioned. Come back for the uh, the final table coverage on ESPN and ESPN two, the twentieth through the twenty second. So we'll have a champion on the twenty second. Uh, what I want to uh, talk about briefly and bring Joe in on this because uh, we have a difference of opinion as far as watching poker on TV. I love the produced shows and uh, all the uh, interesting angles and stories of some of the players. Joe, when he knows what what's happened, and you, you mentioned it briefly, uh, doesn't like to watch it, really. He wants to watch it. Uh, he wants to see the live coverage, so he's very excited about that, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you feel, Bernard, but, you know, watching something that I know took place four, five, six months back when they do these productions and get them ready for TV doesn't really entice me a whole lot. This past year, obviously, because of Kasuf and, and, and a lot of stuff that was going on this past uh, year when he was uh, you know, making his run at the main event, was a little different because I wanted to see how he got knocked out. I wanted to see his reaction and everything else. But I'm not a really big fan of that. I, that's why I've enjoyed the last few years watching this on uh, whatever the delay is now that, uh, that they do on the main on the main event uh, final table, about a half there, hour delay, yeah. You know, and I really enjoy that. I like seeing that without me really knowing, because I'm not, you know, I'm not watching social media. I'm not seeing what the results are, and I enjoy a whole a, a lot of that. But I'm not a big fan of watching these productions after I know exactly what's happened. 
Well, I think it's really you have to look at it, and, and that's why there's so many different poker fans, right? So you're a hardcore poker fan that just wants to watch the coverage. You don't want to, you don't care the backstory. No, well, I do enjoy the backstory, but you know, I don't mind seeing that. But the actual action on the table is something that that I don't really get a big joy out of watching it as they're as they're uh, playing, and especially since I know the results. Yeah, I, again, I, I think that it's just a question of which way you, you like seeing it. Um, you know, last year, obviously, that Kasuf story with Stacy and, and Alex Keating and all of that kind of stuff just builds up the drama. Um, you know, the year before with Daniel Legrano really getting close to making the final table and, and falling onto the ground after he misses that. I mean, those, those are all the dramas that created it. I've always said that this is the ultimate reality show. Um, you know, this is you, you don't even have to write a script. This isn't Survivor. This is an amazing race. This isn't anything along those lines. This is the ultimate reality show. You are fighting for your life. Some people have satellited in for basically nothing and you're trying to win millions and millions of dollars. And and, you know, it gets ridiculously intense. And some of those backstories, I think a lot that draws people in. I think a lot of the casual fans love the backstories. I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be talking with you unless that backstory was there. ESPN treated me incredibly well uh, doing those backstories because they could have treated me the other way, right? They, they could have treated me like... He's a, uh, you know, over anxious yelling guy who got, you know, got ridiculously lucky. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that people can spin. You can spin stories any which way mm-hmm. you want. So um, I think it'll be very interesting. I love this. In today's world, I love watching the hands because I know all the stories, right? I, I, I'm, I'm in the media, so I literally have to know what's going on all the time because I could be called at a moment's notice to do an interview. I might be asked by ESPN to write something. So... I'm on what last year was WSOP.com. This year is going to be back to PokerNews.com. I'm on there all the time. I'm actually calling people, being, what's going on? Why is this happening? Et cetera, et cetera. But I would say 10, 15 years ago, I love the backstories. You know, I, I love the stories about Aaron Ness. You know, I, I love the stories about, you know, I don't know, whoever, whoever else. Hell, Bernard Lee. You know, I love those stories. That's the stories that I like, you know. And so that's how I, you know, Chris Moneymaker, that's a story. No matter yes. what anyone said, you know, those are the stories. And so I love those stories. And I still do. I still find it interesting. I wish that we had more of those. Um, but uh, watching the hands and understanding the strategies to me are, are critical because obviously I that's what I do for a living, right? So. We're talking with Bernard Lee uh, from his home up in the Boston area. Uh, We're going to get to uh, the great celebration that's going on now, the 10th anniversary of the Bernard Lee uh, Poker Radio Show. Oh, I thought you meant meant that the Celtics got the number one. (laughs) Yeah, like uh, that's a little overkill after they uh, make the conference final. 20-year season ticket holder, my friend, and (laughs) was there at every playoff game so far, and I will be going to Cleveland uh, uh, game one, not to Cleveland. I'm going to game one tonight versus Cleveland, so I'm excited. Yeah, like uh, you guys actually need another team that's uh, that's uh, the front runner. Well, let's be honest. I mean, I think <laughs> against Cleveland, it, it'll be a it'll be a tough road to hoe. But um, the future is ridiculously bright for us right now with the number one pick and all these trade assets and everything. I, I could talk about the NBA forever, so don't let's not get down yeah, that path. Yeah, exactly. We, we could do four hours. I know there's no problem yeah. with that. Uh, Bernard Lee uh, and uh, I was just looking uh, on the website. Uh, you know, professional poker player, media personality, marketing consultant, teacher. We've talked about him being the hardest working man in uh, the poker business, and uh, we'll have several things to talk about with his anniversary. Uh, one thing I just want to touch out before the break, and that is uh, uh, Joe brought up uh, William Kasouf. Uh We got this guy out there now, Solomon Ponte, and uh, we're going to see a lot of copycats probably down the road. What do you think happens with Kasouf this year or people who want to be like him? Well, I think... Um I don't really, you know, I, I think there's two things. One, I don't think it's necessary for poker, right? That That's not something that needs to be done. There are times that he will do certain things to get under your skin. And, and I will say there are players on tour that do that, but you just don't know it, right? So Kasuf was just in the biggest tournament of the world with the cameras on him, and he has suddenly become the poster child for you know, getting under people's skin. 
Let's make no bones about it. People do that on tour all the time. Um, all the time might be a wrong phrase, but it's not uncommon. It, it happens. I don't want to say it happens every single tournament. I don't want to say it happens, but if I'm at a tournament for an entire week, at least one player, if not two, will do that. So William Kasuf, what he did wasn't new to poker. It's just that it was highlighted in that specific situation under incredible stress, right? right incredible absolutely. stress. And absolutely. this guy was got deep. Had he gotten knocked out 700th, this isn't a story, right? He, he, he had that, you know, do, does everyone remember Dimitri Nobles? Remember his uh, banter that went back and forth years ago? No, It, it borders on the same thing. Yeah. You know, he was, he was tough on the players, etc. I think the one thing as a player that you have to do is you have to, you have to shut it out. You can't let that get under your skin. Again, sorry to relate it back to basketball, but if someone's a real trash talker or someone's playing real tough defense on you, and you suddenly lose it, and you, sorry, Washington, Kelly Oubre, push Kelly Olenek to the ground, you're going to get suspended, right? Don't let it get to you, and don't let it get under your skin. Let, let them talk all they want. If What would have happened for myself if in that situation is, had he kept it up, I would literally have taken my headphones, stuck them in, and gone on right. and played. And I'm not blaming Stacy or I'm blaming any player that – that, that that happened to, but that's what that's the reaction he wants from them, right? Right, exactly. That's the reaction that he wants. Stacy's was a little bit of a different story because she, she's I don't know her personally, but I know people who know her, and I've heard that it was for her. It really wasn't as much William per se as the person calling time, right? Yeah. That person called time, exactly. and that's what really got her spun off, and then it just kind of kept going with William more than that person. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we're, we're good friends with Stacey. Uh, we've had her in the studios a couple times. We got about three great shows out of it last year. So yeah. uh, it was interesting for us, but uh, not particularly good for uh, the game of poker, as you said. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think it's fantastic for the game of poker. Um, you don't want the world of poker to be seen in that light. That's not what we want, right? If we want to grow the game of poker, how are people going to get comfortable when they're playing in local games, home games, whether pub leagues, things like that where the stakes are much lower and uh, they want to take a chance in moving up and playing in a Colossus for 565 or playing the Giant for 365, you know, things like that. And now they're, they feel like, I'm just going to get bullied when I come to the table. They're going yeah, to not yeah. want to go. We yeah. don't want that. You know, the American Poker Awards a few years ago said we need to increase the visibility of poker and increase people coming to play poker. And that doesn't help the situation. Okay. Right? And again, not blaming William Kasu per se, um, because, again, unfortunately, he was put in that situation where – he got deep. If he hadn't gotten deep, he's not the one. It could be somebody else. Right, and it could be somebody else this year, which is kind of one of I'm anticipating. Uh, let's take a break here on the show. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, Bernard Lee Poker Show, which is celebrating its 10th anniversary, what's going on with uh, the big celebration and uh, guests and giveaways and that sort of thing when we get back. Uh, Bernard, hang on. We'll be back with you after the break. Uh, you're listening to Poker Action Line. You can always pick us up on Stitcher Radio, on the Hold'em Radio Network. Uh, you can pick us up on iTunes, uh, Poker Fuse podcast page, so many places uh, that you'll find the Bernard Lee Show. You'll also find Poker Action Line, and we hope you'll pick us up as a regular uh, Listen if you uh, are tuning in to hear Bernard tonight. Anyway, uh, we'll be back with more of the show when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line, coming to you from South Florida. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. What is that? Oh, that? That's my time machine. Does it work? Sure. Just hit this button. Whoa, dinosaurs. Cool. Or we can go here. Hey, that's Napoleon. Me. Or we can go to the future. Wow. Hey, you have this nice house. Do I have a nice house? 
No, you didn't save any money. Always spent it on vacations and stuff. If only there was a way I could go back in time and correct that bad habit. Yep. Okay, the time machine is not real. But the saving thing is. Get in the habit of putting some of your money in savings each week through a 401k, savings account, or financial investment. Put away a few bucks. Feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy tips on saving, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. What does this crazy little button do? This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe along with Bernard Lee tonight as uh, Bernard celebrates his 10th anniversary on the air. Started in May of 2007. Uh, I guess not quite the longest running podcast because I think that honor may belong to uh, my friends over on the west coast of Florida. Uh, from Annie Up Magazine, uh, Chris Casenza and Scott Long, but uh, certainly uh, up there in the top five. Well, we'll, we'll I, again, I don't know. So, but, uh, <laughs> sorry to spring that one that, on you. you know, yeah, exactly. Whether it is or not, I'm not, I'm not quote unquote competing with anyone. No, exactly. as far as this is our 10th anniversary, exactly. so we're we're real we're real happy with the. Um, uh, that it became 10 years. I don't think I really started out thinking I was going to do this for 10 years. Um, and, uh, you know, this isn't an end by any stretch. It's just the beginning. Well, uh, well that's what I was so. wondering is you had your deep run in 2005. You started the show in 2007. Right. Uh, when you had that deep run, did you realize you were going to get so deeply involved in the media aspect no. of the game? No, no, This did, it was just literally by accident. Um, the, the long story short of it is, I got a deep run in 2005, and, and for those of you who may or may not remember, it's so long ago. My wife, who had just given birth to our second child, um, she almost died giving birth, by the way. Yeah. Um, then she got a seven centimeter tumor, which was benign, on her ovary, and it basically killed her ovary. It torsed it and killed her ovary. She had it taken out. Um, and then about two days before I was about to leave, she had a lot of pain in her stomach. So we thought there was an infection. We thought something was wrong. Obviously, I'm not leaving my wife in a life-threatening situation. So we went to the ER, and I actually emailed PokerStars, because that's how I qualified, saying, can you put my buy-in to next year? And the long story short of it was, she was just she's a doctor, and uh, physicians are the worst patients, and she wasn't taking her pain meds, and the doctor said, uh, you got to take your pain meds. You had major surgery. Um, so I flew my sister-in-law in to take care of her. And of course, the next thing you know, I have this ridiculous run. So it's all kind of meant to be. At the end of it, Poker Stars asked me, would you mind writing kind of a little summary of what happened? Because it's a nice story. Well, what was supposed to be in their mind one or two pages ended up being 27 single space pages. It was, it was like this unbelievable cathartic experience just to get it all out because it was so stressful from my wife almost dying to I almost won the whole thing. I got five outed with 13 left and who knows, you know, not to say I would have won it, but who knows. I, I'd probably make the final table at the very least. Then you had your, so you, um, so then you had your book half written. Yeah, well, I mean, from from that, yeah, well, it's true. Some of it did go into the book, but but now all of a sudden that happens, and ESPN comes knocking because they said, you know, that was a really great story. Would you be interested in writing for us? I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> um, then the Boston Herald calls me and says, hey, would you be interested in writing for like? I just literally out of left field, what is going on? Yeah. And it was at the time where poker was booming and people were hungry for that information. And um, I, I wouldn't say I was the best writer. I feel like I'm a much better writer now, ten, more than 10 years later. But I wasn't a great writer. But as my editor said, you're a great storyteller. And so they said, just tell the story on paper and we'll edit if we need to. And I think at the beginning, they did a lot of editing, to be honest. But now it's kind of, you know, I've gotten it. Uh, it's kind of second nature now to write a story of some sort. And two years into writing for the Boston Herald, what my editor said, you know, we talk all the time. You're really good at interviewing. Why wouldn't you? Why don't you do a radio show? I said, what? What are you talking about? And anyway, I threw it out to about four or five radio stations out there. A couple of them bit and said, you know, why don't you come in and give it a shot? And I said, sure. And I gave it a shot. And one of them was like, you're a natural. You should do this. And so we did. 
And then three years later, ESPN wants to do a sport, basically the sports center of, of poker. We called it inside deal. And it with, without the radio show, I don't think I would have been so natural on in camera because I talking was so natural about it. Now I just had to make sure I didn't do a Cindy Brady and, and freeze in front of the camera, right. which I've never really had that problem. You did that so, show with uh, Andrew Feldman, and uh, I really enjoyed that program. Yeah. I was sorry to see it go. Well, it's a shame. I mean, basically, Black Friday ruined that, yeah, right? God exactly. knows what that what that could have been if Black Friday wasn't there. Um, you know, the, you know whether we would have gone on to ESPN two. There were, you know, I wouldn't say there were specific discussions that we were going to be landing on, but we were always hoping for it and talking about it. And I would bet you we would have been on the ESPN app. That's no question about it, right? Because there's so many videos that you can put on there. So that was that was one of my favorite opportunities, and I would love that opportunity to do that again. I would, I loved it. I absolutely love that doing that. Yeah. Um, and then next thing you know, people are asking me to do commentating. I was doing World Series Circuit for a whole year. I've done the World Series bracelet events. When David Tuckman had to do his paternity leave, I took over for him for a week. I've done the World Series main event final table, and you know, it's just crazy how it's all come about. And uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy being on the media side as much as being playing professionally. And then I hope to continue doing this. You know, you know, people have said, "Oh, congratulations on ten years, and hopefully ten more." And I look at it as thanks for the ten years, but I'm not looking for ten more. I'm looking for beyond. So um, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I, I love it. You know, you guys had said I, I'm fortunate to get a lot of great guests, and and I am. You know, a lot of them. You know, for better or worse, as you were joking, are on my cell phone, and they are. You know, I mean. For, you know, a lot of a lot of the people I've had on recently: Matt Savage, Joe Hashim, Ryan Reese, Eric Seidel, Mike Sexton. Um, you know, Richard Roper from if you you all know from movie film, renowned film critic. Uh, Phil Helmuth, Richard Seymour, Qui uh, Win. Th- these are all guests that have come on in the last few months. And yeah, you know, for better or worse, I just call them. I don't have to set it up through their agent or anything like that. And I just say, hey, would you like to come on? I'd like to talk about X, and and we do. Um, and then also on top of it, there are people who who make news, like uh, uh, Emma Zimovich, who, who was the first female to win the WPT. So I was able to contact her through WPT channels and all that and get her on the show. And and those are cool things. I love that. I love introducing new players to my listeners uh, because they, you know, they, they need to be introduced, right? And there aren't many opportunities Absolutely. to introduce them. And Fortunately, I have the connections to get those people onto my show, and, and, and I'm, I'm so happy to be able to introduce them to, to, to the thousands of, listener, thousands of listeners who listen to my show. You're back on the Money Matters Radio Network, 1120 AM and 102.9 FM in the Boston area. Uh, right. Is there a particular day the show airs? I know it's at 6 o'clock. Yeah, Tuesday, 6 o'clock. Okay. Um, uh, and we are, you know, we just... We were, for some reason, Tuesday became our day. Uh, we always started out on Tuesday. The reason why we kept Tuesday as we kept moving forward was that a lot of events end on Monday, right? The circuit events end on Monday, Heartland events. There are a lot of World Poker Tour events that end on Monday. Right. So to air a show on Monday, you're kind of always like, well, the results will be next week. And then you give the results six days later. So I really like doing it on Tuesday because um, – I'm often I just stay up, wait till the show's over, and then I uh, do the show on Tuesday. So that's why we do it, uh, and it's great to be back on terrestrial radio. Um, we were on terrestrial radio for the majority of our time. We started out on terrestrial radio. There's no such thing as podcasts, by the way. Ten years ago, yeah. What's exactly. a podcast? What's exactly. a podcast? <laughs> so, um, and and it was funny when somebody suggested that I do a podcast. I, I literally said, well, I don't know what you mean. Like we're, we're we already have the show taped and it's on. But they're like, oh, no, you can do this thing called a podcast. Okay. And so, you know, Rounders Radio, um, kind of one of their flag shows on, on the station, um, on the network. And then iTunes actually has us on there as well. And then all these other stations start picking us up. And and it's great. You know, uh, I love doing the show. It's it's always a, a really good time. And, and sometimes there are days where, like the other day, I did four interviews in one day, you know, just banged them all out and and it's great and then other times uh I'll do one every week or something along those lines. So it's all it's all depends on when it is and when the World Series comes up it's great. I literally have a recorder in my pocket all the time. Some people use their cell phone, but I, I like using a specific recorder that I have and I just, you know, see somebody, I'll run up to them and be like give me 5 minutes and and I'll put a compilation show together 
And so that's really fun. I think that a lot of people love the uh, World Series compilation shows where you'll have like a George Danzer, an Elkie, a Daniel Negrano, a Chris Moneymaker, a Dennis Phillips. I mean, that's right. like yeah. so cool to have all that. Um, last year, my favorite show, uh, as many of you know, Jason Mercier, who will be our guest in a few weeks, um, he won a bracelet, finished second in a bracelet, and then won another bracelet. And one of the most incredible weeks in the history of poker. Falling just uh, short of his bet of uh, three. Right, three exactly, bracelets. exactly, with, with, with the uh, big bracelet bet. But I interviewed – so typically what I do during the summer is I grab them as they're doing their ceremony or I call them and, and get a 10, 15-minute interview. My show is usually new segment, part one of the interview, part two of the interview. So usually a three-segment show. Um, but being that it's the summer and their bracelets being won all the time, usually my shows during the summer are – First half of the show is uh, one guest. Second half of the show is another guest. And sometimes we even have more. But usually first half, one guy, one person. Second half, another person, depending on male, female, obviously. Are you still on, so, are you still on Rounders Radio? Yeah, yeah, we're okay. still on Rounders Radio as well. So I interviewed Jason after his first bracelet. And at the end of the interview, I say, which I commonly say, oh, I hope, I hope we get to see you again. I hope you win another bracelet we can interview again later on in the summer. Right. Thank you. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, you, wouldn't you know it? Three days later, he literally <laughs> does win. And it's right before Tuesday. I think he did it on Sunday. So I call him up. I go, Jason, I got such a cool idea for a show. Please give me 15 minutes. And he said, sure, whatever. So we did 15 more minutes. And my first half of the show was him winning right after the first bracelet. The second half of the show was him winning right after the second bracelet. It was such a cool show. I got so many people calling. Going, that is awesome. Yeah, and now, now you can talk about uh, his marriage and baby on the way and all the all this great stuff in his personal life this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, to be honest, I was one of the first people to to do an interview with him and talk about the stabbing that he had. Right, right. In, uh, uh, in Europe. Right, and and he hadn't talked about it to many people, and I I brought it out on an interview, and uh, it was definitely something that a lot of people were like, "Wow, I had no idea that that it was that serious," you know. So. Well, quickly, you have on one hand, you have the uh, the Boston radio area radio show uh, that's broadcast, and then you have the podcast as well. Uh, compare the two. Uh, basically, you know, you haven't been on the the, the terrestrial radio for a while, but uh, certainly there's a big difference in uh, getting sponsors for the show, whether you're going to have local uh, businesses and that sort of thing. But the reach of the podcast is incredible. Yeah, of course. I mean, that, that's that's you know, for example, uh, we are giving, and so for people who are listening and are interested. Um, the long story short of it, the summary of you can look it up. It's been written on Poker News and Card Player, et cetera. But uh, Poker News Daily wrote a column as well. But 10th anniversary, 10-month celebration. Every month we have a special guest. Every month we have a special prize. That prize we're giving 10 away. And then on top of that, we're giving 10 bonus prizes away during the 10 months, including uh, a World Series bracelet event, see which we're giving away now. But we just announced yesterday, and it's only going on till tomorrow morning. So for those listeners here on your show that are interested, go to my Twitter, follow me, and retweet it. We are giving away two PokerStars scoop seats, um, a 109 and a 215. If I only have this in the Boston area, how do I reach out to those people? Because obviously yeah, those scoop absolutely. seats are only for yeah. outside U.S. people. So reaching out to the international group, which, to be honest, I had no idea I had such an international following. Um, we've had, uh, I think, over 100 retweets on that and other requests via via um, uh, other modes, emails, etc., uh, Facebook even, too. So, you know, if I think that that's how you reach a worldwide audience, not just a local audience. So podcasting, obviously, has helped that tremendously. I know you have a person that handles PR, but uh, do you do book all your own guests yourself? Yeah, I do. I, I, my, my PR person, uh, so um, I'll give her a little shout-out. Jen Rosinski has been my publicist for years. She actually wrote a column about me in the Boston Globe. And no, no uh, reporter who has ever done a column about me has spent more time and was more diligent than she was. I mean, just she met with me three times. She came to a party that I had to celebrate my um, deep run, and 
about three or four years later when I turned pro, I asked her, would you be interested in, in helping me doing publicity? And she basically is kind of a, a publicist that I work with all the time. And But she does she does the, the press stuff for me, and she organizes things like that. But for my show, no, I'm basically the host and producer of the whole deal. I, I and You know, it's also because, like, like you guys were talking about, they're on my cell phone. So it, wouldn't it be really weird if somebody that they didn't know called them? It's just going to be another step. You know, hey, I'm Jen Rosinski from the Bernard Lee Poker Show. Would you be interested in doing the show? Who are you? You know, like, why are you calling me? Instead of me <laughs> saying, hey, Dennis Phillips, hey, it's it's Bernard. You are available tomorrow? Sure. Thanks. Right. I mean, you know, exactly. it's a much easier conversation, and it goes a lot faster that way. Well, besides the great guests, you mentioned you had Joe Hashim on already. You're looking forward to having Jason next month. And, and yep. uh, Joe had a great question to me before the show. Who are your favorite, uh, maybe your top three guests of all time? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I think the number one that I, I've been asked this question a lot, Doyle is number one. I mean, just because Doyle isn't somebody, ironically, I had him in my cell phone, and of course my cell phone crashed and I lost his number. Um, but uh, <laughs> he is not somebody that I just frequently hang out with, Doyle. So when I had him on the show, he was promoting his book. Um, that was a great great time to talk to him i just it was you know you're talking with the godfather poker so i would say that he is definitely one of uh the best guests i had on um outside of the world of poker uh there are a couple of people um richard roper has become an annual guest during the academy awards and i get so many people saying they love that show we break down all the Academy Awards people, and we do a show on on, on a poker show. Like, and, what does that have anything to do with it? And now, there, I, and now there's ten nominees for best film. Right, right, right. Exactly. I mean, we if, go back and listen to my show. We literally break down everything, and we talk about all the dynamics and everything. And and I think the funny thing is that there are a lot of people who enter these Academy Award pools, and so they actually listen to the show because of it. So it, I think we've done it three years now, and and Richard has said, yeah, we'll do it every year. It's it's fun. Um, uh, Donnie Wahlberg once came on. He's a good friend, and he's come on the show. He's really a big proponent of poker as well. Um, Richard Seymour that I just had on was a huge thrill. I mean, come on. Uh, you NFL know, Patriots, Yeah, I mean, that was just – that was something really special to and have him on. a good player, on. by the way. Yeah, yeah. We're not talking football. We're talking poker. He's oh, yeah, a great exactly. player. Exactly. Obviously a great football player, but he's a great – Good poker player as well. I think Mike Sexton, uh, a good friend. Great, great. And just such great stories that he has. Um, you know, the other person who's probably been on, probably, I, I would guess, we haven't done the math, but I would guess he's probably been on the most is Chris Moneymaker. Um, he's, he's become really a good friend. And I, I've had him on probably on average almost once a year. So to have him is such a cool thing to have Chris Moneymaker that you can call up and and have them on at any time. Uh, so I think those are pretty much the real cool guy. And and I think in today's world, obviously, listen, obviously Daniel and Jason are, are, are really a lot of fun to have yeah. on as well. Yeah, exactly. I think Joe's favorite is uh, Jason Mercier yourself. Yes, right? yeah. He's been our uh, my favorite guest here. He's told us some great stories, as you mentioned, the stabbing and everything else. And he's yeah. just a great kid. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and one yeah well, one... He's, he's the next generation, right? I mean, yeah, he he's, you know, you have the Daniels and – and Phil Ivey's of this this kind of my generation, for better or worse. I just turned 47 yesterday, so my generation, right? But of the the younger generation, he is it. He's just turned 30, and and he's the next one. You know, he's the you know it's it's like Derek Jeter will make the the the, the Hall of Fame, right? Jason Mercier will make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's just a matter of time when it when it happens, and and he's the one. And so we're we're happy that. We have a, a feature guest every single month. Joe Hashim started out for us. Jason Mercier will be our feature guest of the month in June. In July, we're going to have Greg Merson because it's his fifth anniversary of his um, main event championship. So uh, we're looking forward to having Jason on. We had a great interview with him uh, recently. I think one of my favorite shows was Tom Schneider, who is a really funny guy. Yeah, yeah. Tom's a good guy. Tom, Tom's known him for a while, and we've chatted, and uh um, uh, I really like talking with Tom, not just about poker, just stuff in general. Yeah, so Tom's a real, real fun guy to talk with. Who have you not had on that you would love to have on? Well, that's a that, good, that, that's a really hard question. That is a good question. Well, I have had Phil Ivey on, but I haven't spoken with him directly. Sounds funny, right? So when Phil Ivey was the, a November Niner, 
So I have had every single November Niner except three, I think. Two of which because of language issues that they didn't want to, and I was more than willing to translate. And by the way, Fernando Pons this year did that. Uh I sent him the questions in English. He translated them into Spanish. He answered them and translated them back. And what a great guy for doing that. I was saying, I'll do it the other way. You give me the answers, I'll translate them. But um, we've had, uh, and then one person just did not want to come on thinking that he was going to give away a strategy. That's fine, whatever works. Well, he wasn't Um, around very long anyway. (laughs) Yeah, well, but, well, no, no, I'm not talking about Fernando, but it was another person that didn't want oh, to get away. You, but, but Phil Ivey wasn't giving many interviews at the time because he was, you know, obviously, listen, all the November Niners are being swamped as it is. You know, he he get he does it in 2009 when Joe Cata wins, so it's right as the November Nine starts. Well, guess what? He doesn't want to do interviews. Totally understandable, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and so he was doing a. Um, tour with Full Tilt at the time, and we were fortunate to get um, Phil Gordon to do an interview with Phil Ivey. Yeah, oh, very good. And I and I got him on my show that way. You know what I mean? Like so, we did. We had like a ten minute interview, and we got Phil on the show. I've never interviewed Phil personally, um, so I think that that would definitely that be, would be one. A choice. Um, I will say that one person that I was always interested in interviewing. Because of he was so anti-interviewing was Dan Coleman. Um, I wanted to just t- sit down and talk with him about it. He has since <clears throat> relaxed his he has, way, yeah, yeah. and I, I met him. He actually lives in my area. He lives in Boston. Um, so I met him on a plane. It was total coincidence. He was like literally sitting behind me, and I introduced myself, and he knew who I was. Obviously, I know who he is, and uh, we we made a point. We haven't done the interview yet, but but that's going to happen. So that's great, you know. So. So I think that that's definitely uh, one that uh, I'll, I'll look forward to. And nothing I, – I, I, to me, I think it will be really cool to see his kind of thought process of what he thought early on and now what he thinks today. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah, so I think that, that – I, I think I would have loved to have had Stu Unger. Um, you oh, know, yeah. Obviously, that, that can't happen. <laughs> yeah, but I would love to have had Stu Unger. Yeah, for sure. Um, on my show. I think that that would have been a great, great story. Um, Johnny Chan is another person who has said, I, I actually played almost a full day with him uh, at the main event. It was probably five years ago. We sat right next to each other, which is funny because like 1% of the population says I look like Johnny Chan. Um, that, that might be more like we're both Asian than, than I look like Johnny Chan, but, but, but he was sitting right next to me. So it was a very funny picture that ESPN took. Um, and he said that he would come on and we just haven't done it more than anything. But I think that would be a cool interview as well. We'll take one more break on the show. We're talking with Bernard Lee. And a couple of things I want to talk about when we come back is uh, Joe had a couple of questions about preparation for the uh, World Series, which we'll talk about when we return. Also want to mention a couple of your uh, sponsors, including Run Good Gear, which uh, is sponsoring the whole uh, 10th anniversary celebration. So we'll get to that when we come back and uh, talk about a couple of the prizes that you're giving away as well. So uh, we're talking with Bernard Lee celebrating his 10th anniversary on the air for his uh, Bernard Lee Poker Show. And we'll return in just a minute with more of the show here on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables. With a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like, However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now 
at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Tuesday nights on WFO Radio are all about Nitro. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the live edition of NHRA Tuesday Nitro. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. Tony Schumacher. Tony, welcome back. Love being on the show because it usually meant. So we did something absolutely amazing. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime at WFORadio.com. Final segment of the program. Uh, we could do about uh, 20 more segments, Joe, don't you think? <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> i tell you what, it's uh, a lot of fun always talking with Bernard Lee. And in the past, uh, we've talked with Bernard about some of the uh, charitable things he's done, especially around Christmas, uh, helping out families in the Boston area. Uh, I Kind of uh, uh, leaving that hat off tonight and talking more about the uh, media hat and the uh, uh, player hat, which I want to get to here in the last segment. But uh, Bernard Lee joins us. And, uh, Bernard, uh, you're giving away a lot of prizes, which people should enjoy, uh, including signed copies of uh, your two books, uh, The Final Table, Volume 1, and The Final Table, Volume 2. Uh, I know that uh, you're also giving away some T-shirts. Love to have one of those, by the way. Uh, yeah, we'll, de- we'll definitely get you guys uh, a couple of those. Double XL for both of us, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, sounds, <laughs> sounds good, guys. Uh, also, some tickets uh, for the zip line out there at the Rio, uh, buy-ins to a celebrity charity poker tournament uh, and, and another charity event earlier in June. But a lot of stuff. This is a 10-month celebration sponsored by Run Good Gear. Tell us a little bit about the, your involvement with sponsors because I'm sure at one point, uh, you know, I know you at one time you were with Foxwoods and some of you have done many different things over the years. But uh, Black Friday changed everything as far as sponsorships and, and where the money was. Uh, tell me how you've adjusted with that. Yeah, I mean, that, that obviously changed it not just for sponsorship for myself, like with Foxwoods, et cetera, or potential online scenarios, which we were in talks with. But it also hurt the other media opportunities, like the ESPN show, right? That ESPN show was sponsored by Poker Stars and could have continued probably for years and unfortunately because of Black Friday. So <clears throat> it changes it. Uh, it changes the dynamics, um, but you adjust and uh, you figure out different ways. And I have, you know, I know it sounds crazy, but literally have sat down with people who are in business and thought about ideas and what to do and how to get sponsorship and what what in this economy you can do and figure out. Um, I, for better or worse, have an MBA uh, in marketing um, and worked in the real world for over a decade in marketing and new business development. So it's not something that I would have ever thought that I could bring over to the poker world, but I have. And I've gotten sponsored. Uh, Run Good Gear is a, is a great sponsor of mine, clothing sponsor, uh, and is uh, sponsoring this 10th anniversary, not only uh, just by doing the T-shirts, the 10th anniversary T-shirts, they are giving away some clothing for some of the prizes, but they have been my clothing sponsor for uh, years now. I think it's ranging four or five years now, and, and I, I, I know it sounds like I'm just saying this, but their clothing is really comfortable, and I say it so much so is because my wife literally steals my sweatshirts all the time. <laughs> and, I, and I'm always saying to her, I'm like, where's this sweatshirt? And she's like, oh, I wore it outside. It's, you know, it's in the wash. I like them. And so I have to, nowadays, when I ask for my order right before the World Series, I ask for two of each because she's going to steal them all the time. And my kids love them, too. So um, also on top of that, uh, Blaycation, which is a – um, basically, we do tours uh, of poker events like the World Series. We're doing another one for Colossus this year. We're having over 20 people come to the World Series. We give them a tour of, of uh, the WSOP, do a seminar, let them meet some players. Um, and then uh, Blue Shark Optics has been a sponsor of mine. Um, but I've been sponsored by a lot of companies, uh, things, people that really scratch their head. How in the world did you get a sponsor like that? Like one example is Cabot Cheese. It's a company up in Vermont, which is uh, one of the top cheese producers in the in the country. 
Um, and people just say, how in the world would a cheese company sponsor you? And, you know, for better or worse, that's kind of what it has. So uh, I'm very, very fortunate to have had such great sponsors over the years and uh, um, uh, love to sit down and potentially work with some more. And we are in talks with a couple others, and I'm very excited about a couple of them. As far as uh, these prizes that listeners can uh, get, get in on, uh, yeah. they follow you on Twitter or on Instagram. Uh, what's the best way for them to uh, pick up the show? Yeah, I think I think first, if anyone is listening and interested uh, to win any of the prizes, you have to follow me uh, at Bernard Lee Poker on Twitter or Instagram, and and more more of them are going to be on Twitter than Instagram, but you can follow either way. Um, you can follow the show um, on Rounders Radio or iTunes, and then of course you can. Um, uh, listen to it on Money Matters Radio Network in the Boston area, 1120 or 102.9. And we were very pleased, of course, just leading up to the 10th anniversary last year in September of 2006, we were named one of the five best poker podcasts you need to be listening to right now. So that was a real nice honor to have that. We didn't see it coming at all. Um, and they contacted us and, and we talked to them and Poker Update uh uh, let us know that that uh, you know that they were very pleased with all of our guests and and the strategy. So we were really happy with that, and um, that's kind of to be honest, that kind of started this 10th anniversary celebration idea. Yeah, I'm sure. And and we really wanted to give back. The fact that we were thought of that highly, and and to give back to the listeners, and you know, so we're giving away in June 10 seats into a charity event at the Borgata. Put a bad beat on hunger. That is done by Cabot Creamery, Cabot Cheese, um, and a $410 buy-in. So we're giving away over $4,000 worth of seats uh, to that event to really help charity um, uh, out. And we're going to be giving away gift cards during the holidays so people can go out and buy some presents, run good gear, merchandise, as we said. And um, this month, if you go on my Twitter, you'll see it. Retweet it and follow. We're giving away a seat into The Giant, which is a new WSOP bracelet event. Um, and uh, we're going to give away a seat to somebody in the next couple of weeks. That's the one with a lot of different days uh, over a right. course of several weeks where they have the opening uh, sessions. Right. right. It's a $365 buy-in every Friday night. Pretty much they're doing it with re-entry. So, you know, how crazy would it be? You listen to the Bernard Lee Poker Show and you win a bracelet. I mean, I think that would be fantastic. What a story um, yeah, sure. that, that would for be. Sure. And, of course, as we mentioned before, we're giving away those two scoop seats so you got to do it today because we're giving away those uh, out tomorrow. Let me get my uh, partner involved here. Uh, he's chomping at the bit. I know one of his favorite segments was uh, when we talked about uh, Deuce 7 Lowball. Uh, yeah, you yeah, made the yeah. final table that one year. But, Joe, you had a couple yeah. questions about preparation for this year's World Series. Well, I wanted to ask Bernard, and actually it, it's now turned into two parts because of what he said with his wife's health when he had that, that great run in the main event when you got knocked sure. out 13th. I've always wanted to ask, and we had Stacy on the show, and I asked her also, how was she, I mean, obviously you had other issues at home besides this, but as you're going that deep in the tournament, in the main event, what are you, what are you doing to kind of, can you relax at night, you know, once, once the day is over? Uh, were you able to get yourself some, you know, proper rest and, and everything else? Because I know I race, I, you know, I run different hands and scenarios through my head all the time, and not having had a deep run like yours in the main event, what did, what did you do, you know, uh, from a poker standpoint? And obviously you also had your wife's health to worry about at that time, but were you able to calm yourself down to get a good rest? Um, no. <laughs> How's that for an answer? No. Um, well, first and foremost, I've, I've been married 20 years. Last year was our 20th year, and I have a great wife. Um, and the reason why I say that is, is that she literally said, don't worry about me. Like, wow. don't do that. Like, you're going out there to do this, and if you're going to go, focus. Just do what you have to do. And, and ironically, she kept saying, eat well. She's a doctor, right? So eat well and sleep. That's what she would say. So she she literally didn't bother me with anything of that while I'm doing my run. You know, we had a day off, so obviously I talked to her and how her health was. But while we were doing the actual thing, it was okay. I'm glad you're doing well. Now, remember, back then it was a little bit different, but the Internet was really the only way you could get updates. And I want to say it was like day five when I texted her saying, I'm doing well. And she goes, we know we're around the computer. We started laughing because they just said you ran to the bathroom. <laughs> and so I knew at that moment my wife turned from he's doing something stupid. Why is he going out there to, oh, my God, he's actually really 
doing well. Um, so I, I didn't have to worry about my wife at that time. However, I was exhausted. It was very tiring. And but and I will say this because of the setting this year and, and years since you play five levels and then you go home. All right. So you're done by like 12. When we did this previously, we were playing till three, four in the morning. Wow. And so you have to remember, we're starting at like, God, I think we started at 11 and the first night we went till three forty-five or four. In the, I mean, we just played forever. We only had five days. There's day seven now. We had five days to get this all done. Now, we started with a little less chips, 10,000. We started with less, less, it was 100 minutes instead of two hours. But that's where the exhaustion comes in, right? I mean, you're physically exhausted. Then you go home and it's, you just don't have the time to sleep. Um, I actually ran a lot in the mornings. I was, uh, I, I, back then I, I ran two marathons back in 99 and 2000, the Boston Marathon. So I did a lot of running back then. I don't run as much nowadays. I try to do more elliptical. My knees won't take it. That's, that's being 47 years old, the old guy. But, <laughs> but, but I ran a lot in the mornings. That kind of opened up my head. But I will say that I was dizzy at times because I was so tired. Um, in today's world, knowing that, before the World Series, I mean, we got two weeks before the World Series, right? I mean, yeah. this is, it's coming up. I'm going to sleep a lot. Um, I try to work out at least three or four times a week. Like this morning, I play basketball for two hours, and uh, I'll I'll go out and I wouldn't necessarily be lifting necessarily, but a lot of cardiovascular. Um, uh, I'm trying to eat well, um, trying to lose some weight. I've lost like 15 pounds over the last couple of months to try to really prepare for the World Series um, and get a lot of sleep because you aren't going to get a lot of sleep. Um, how, how, how about one last question about uh, your, your thoughts going into each day? I mean, when you make day two, then day three, day four, does your the way you approach uh, playing the game change from day to day there because of the amount of players left and, and how the stacks uh, are spread out? So you're talking specifically about the main event, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I, I guess so, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, preliminaries are, are obviously not that long, but so – with regards to the main, I wouldn't say – so I've been fortunate to get deep three times. I, obviously, one, I almost made it to the final table, and twice I've made it uh, into day five. Um, so anytime I do preparation for that, day one, obviously, you, you gear up and you, and you, you do what you have to do and, and prepare yourself. But I say this to everyone. If you went into a business meeting and you weren't fully prepared to know everything about the company that was coming in the door or the thing that you were analyzing – you'll get fired, right? That's the whole purpose of having that business meeting. Well, as you go into day two, day three, day four, day five, at the very least, you do have some information. You have the information of every single person at your table. You know who they are. You know their chip stats, et cetera. And if you don't look up every single one of those players and do an analysis of every single player based off of the information that's on the Internet, well, you might as well get fired, and you don't deserve to go on. Because the information is there. Now, don't get me wrong. Some, some of the best players in the world don't do this, and they obviously do well. And my point is, if they complain about it, saying, oh, I wish I had known that this person does this. Well, you can, you can make a lot of assessments based off of how they play. If you see somebody across the table that looks like he's never played in a tournament before in his entire life, for whatever reason you make that assessment, you know, obviously um, don't, don't judge a book by its covers. But then you look at their Hendon mob, and they have 78 caches over the last four years. You go, oh, I don't think this guy has never played before. He obviously knows what he's doing. Oh, by the way, in a, in a 5K six-max event at last year's World Series, he finished 12th. Well, you can't finish 12th in a 5K six-max at the World Series unless you know what you're doing. So you can make assessments that way. So I definitely wake up an extra hour early to do that. Um, you know, you also go into it preparing, knowing the day. If you know it's the money bubble day, <coughs> it's it's a little different. Yeah. yeah. The World Series main event is broken up, remember, in my opinion, into two different tournaments. Prior to the money bubble, then after the money bubble. And prior to the money bubble is a lot shorter than people think. It only lasts about three, three and a half days. And then you get there. <clears throat> well, listen, this year we'll have you on after the money bubble, hopefully, because you'll still be in there. And uh, anything that goes great along the way, we certainly would love to talk to you about. I'm sorry we're running out of time. but uh, No problem. Uh, tremendous uh, celebration this year for the Bernard Lee Poker Show uh, with plenty of special guests, the top names in the game. 
Also, great prizes for the listeners. Go check it out at, on Twitter at, at Bernard Lee Poker or on Instagram as well. Or you can go to, uh, I guess, uh, go to the website or, or, or where else can they find more information on this? Well, again, just if you follow me on Twitter, that's probably the best way. Facebook, yeah. Bernard Lee Poker uh, Show has a lot of the information. And, uh, you know, my website um, is actually getting revamped right now, so it'll be a little bit more. But uh, Twitter is probably the easiest and Instagram. Thanks for your time. Uh, I said we could do four hours. I think we could do eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it, guys. It's well, been fun, fun as always, and uh, hope to see you guys out at the World Series, and hopefully we're doing an interview after my first bracelet. Yeah, absolutely. That would be uh, certainly the crowning achievement on the career for sure. Thanks for being with us tonight, uh, Bernard. Thank you. Okay. Bernard Lee, uh, one of the great, interesting people in the business, and uh, we certainly – uh, love having him on. I'm sure we'll have him on uh, this summer as the 10-month celebration continues. But, uh, uh, Joey, I mean, uh, he, this is a guy, we, we didn't even get into all this stuff about the charitable stuff he does, the family life, and oh. the preparations for uh, playing. Yeah, I'm telling you. And he's he's done a previous show with us before on, on things that he thinks people should do before they get out there. And I did, just didn't want to rehash that with him, but... You know, you've mentioned it before when we've had him on as a guest that he wears so many different hats and he's so good at all of them. I, I wanted to ask him about the social experiment, what he thought about that, but that'll be for another time. Uh, obviously, the big news this week came out on Monday. There was some talk today. He, Bernard mentioned to me off the air that uh, the circuit, uh, WSOP circuit, came out with their schedule, so we'll talk more about that next week. But the WSOP has eliminated the November 9 concept. They will, not, they will have a champion on July 22nd, which is uh, certainly a huge change for this tournament. It is, and for the production from uh, ESPN side, too. They won't have all that time <laughs> to put all of that stuff together as they do for all those shows. Well, if it, like I do, the Tuesday shows, uh, this year, I think last year they were on Sunday, but their weekly shows uh, recapping some of the late parts of the event is still going to be on, and they're still going to do that. But they're going to have live coverage beginning on July 8th. Uh, ESPN2 carries four hours of day 1A that first day. And then every day through the 22nd, just about, uh, except for the two off days, uh, they will be uh, having different shows. There will be a final table preview show on the 19th, but uh, we'll have all this great stuff uh, on ESPN. And then what they don't cover, Poker Central will pick up. So you can find them on Twitch and, and different other uh, places to go. But uh, certainly that's big news. We'll talk more about that, maybe get someone from the WSOP on to talk about it as well over the next couple of weeks. But we're only two weeks away. Yep, it starts again. <laughs> great the fun stuff. and the madness starts really soon. Our thanks to Bernard Lee for taking the entire hour with us today and uh, we certainly will uh, look forward to talking with Dr. Tricia Cardner next week uh, on some upcoming uh, thoughts about uh, the mental aspects of the game and uh, certainly will be some good stuff as the series gets underway later this month on uh, May, May 31st. Uh, that'll do it for the show tonight. We'll see you next week on another edition of Poker Action Line. Joe, thanks for setting in on the uh, controls and uh, we appreciate uh, everything uh, you do for the program uh, all the way around. So, uh, Again, thanks for being with us, folks. We'll catch you next week on another edition of the show. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 